Avo makes some fine cigars, part of that Davidoff world. The name Avo is, is a legend in the world of cigar making. And sometimes even the legends go for a little bit of shtick. Or maybe I shouldn't be so judgmental. Maybe it's not shtick. Maybe it's opportunity like the Avo Seasons. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, and the people at Avo putting out the four seasons. Each season, they're going to be doing something a little bit different under this line. This, for spring, is the uh, spring 2023 Avo Seasons. It's an Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper, and it is Dominican in the binder and the filler, all of them will be the same size, six and five eighths by fifty, which means it's six and five eighths inches long. Tee-hee. Always makes fingers Malloy laugh. And fifty is the ring gauge, the diameter of the cigar, basically how thick it is around. Tee-hee. Again, with the laughter. Now a sixty-four ring gauge would be a full one inch around, and this fingers is a diadema shape. So it starts with a foot. The end you're lighting from is closed, and then. The end of the cap end is also closed. So you might think of it as a torpedo kind of feel at the end and uh, at, at the cap and at the foot. Closed in both places. Now, this is purposeful because this is what the blenders were going for. In this situation, you have two choices with that cap. Do a straight cut or you can do a V cut. A V cut will come into it, come into the cigar. And so it is intensifying that draw, which kind of you would expect from a cigar like this because of its shape. Or you can go with a straight cut, open it up a little bit, get a little more fullness in there, a little less intensity. We decided to mix it up. Fingers went with the straight cut. I went with the V cut. Fingers Malloy, you started puffing away. Where are you at? Well, I mean, in the first third of the first third, you notice because of its shape that the draw is a little tighter than you would normally be used to. Uh, but it it's getting better as as I get into the first third. L- listen, the 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 notes right off the bat, it's it's leather, it's it's woody, uh, it's got some pepper to it. Uh, you know, you've smoked quite a few of these, correct? Or, or I this is the third one of these for me. Is this your first today? V- no, <laughs> is this your first V cut on this? Uh, first V cut on this because I wanted to see. They consider this really a medium body cigar. I wanted to see if I could pump that up a, a little bit. Some of the tobaccos in here, they're making the claim, have been aged for 14 years. Wow. So there is something to that. Uh, look, I, I think that as a flavor profile goes, this smoked easy. You've got Corojo wrappers can give you both a spiciness and, and a sweetness, but really what it does, it kind of gives you a punch. It is an amp. Some people want to say it's bold. Bold doesn't tell you a damn thing. It's it's amplified. So the flavors that you're talking about, fingers, are absolutely there, but they're just they're they're a little more in your face, a little more prevalent. Uh, and I and I do like the cigar. It has this uh, milk chocolate, uh, actually lighter uh, brown to milk chocolate wrapper. It's almost modeled with the milk chocolate, and you feel that wrapper. You can feel leaf everywhere. You can see the veining. Like it ain't it ain't the prettiest, except it's beautiful. Right? You want a leather chair in that color and with that look. That's what you're going for right there. And also, it's a, it's a weird... It, the oil is there. The grit is there in much lighter quantities than I would have expected. Yeah, and then the band... Uh, listen, I, I will say this, and uh, I will stand by it. The band uh, screams Masters Golf Tournament. 
It does. It does. It's it's got this uh, greenish blue and this bluish green uh, going on. I would assume uh, like the, the the colors of spring and fresh verdure, as they say. Verdure. Is it the verdure? Ah. The verdure. It's like the terroir, but completely different. Um, this is a cigar that if it wasn't Avo, if it wasn't a name I already knew, I'd be like, all right, they're going full gimmick. They're uh-huh. going full gimmick, and I'll, I'll leave it o- over there. The Avo name made me say, absolutely worth my time and, and worth a shot. The construction is just perfect. And with this V-cut, now that it has opened up, easy draw. Easy, simple draw. The draw is how you bring the smoke into the mouth. Remember, you're not inhaling. You're, you're bringing it into the, into the mouth. You are toasting the palate. Then you're bringing it out. You can bring it out through the sinuses. And of course, you'll pick up many, many more flavors through the sinuses, uh, but that's all you're doing. And this is easy as can be, Boo Bear. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I brought up the Masters because this is Masters weekend. Uh, I'm watching the Masters right now as we're talking. And this, to me, is a great stick for if you're at a cigar lounge and you're sitting back and you're watching the golf tournament. It, it so far, are you it gonna hits be, all Are you right going to be one of those guys who, like, all day watches the Masters? I'm not as much as I used to. I've, I've, I love golf. I don't know. Uh, the players who are at the top of the game right now, you know, I'm still back in the, you know, the Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson uh, era as far as golf. In fact, I got uh, my, my favorite golfer is Jack Nicholas. So the other night I got went down the Jack Nicholas rabbit hole. I watched the 86 Masters, the one that he won in his 40s, and then went back to the 75 Masters. You talk about a difference in telecasting broadcasting <laughs> golf check out the 75 masters compared to what you're watching now you're not a big golf fan are you uh i'm not anti-golf i'm just not it's not my it's not where i live and breathe i don't golf i tried to golf twice in my life and i'm like you know what i'm done yeah i, I will catch you guys at the uh at the clubhouse for a cigar and 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 that's where we'll leave it and i'd be very happy to smoke one of these the question i don't know if i put one of these on the course, Fingers Malloy, the Avo Season Spring Diadema. That's the Diadema shape. Six and five eighths by 50. Is it in your humidor at $18 a stick? And what's interesting is I have seen this in the $14, $15 range. So it's interesting that I'm finding a lot of places if they have it, because it sold out quick at $18 for the box to 10 uh, per stick, is it in your humidor for that? Well, I mean, we're just in the first third, but knowing what Avo does, what Avo produces, you know, it's it's going to be, uh, like you said, it is well constructed. I like all of the the notes so far. If I had to say right now, I would say yes, it, it is. Yeah. the The problem is at the fourteen fifteen, there's not a question. At the eighteen, that's where you're like, huh? Right? You got to like this. So the answer is, in my view. You gotta. This is one where you gotta smoke to decide. Mm-hmm. There's no way I'm buying a box until I smoke just one. I think that this is priced just a little bit higher. That will make someone say, "Wait, wait. What else was I looking at?" That's what I think would happen in the humidor before they grabbed one. But you're gonna say it's the Avo name. They've been doing this forever. I like the other things that they do. Uh, I if they would just bring back the Avo Lounge. I'd be the happiest guy in the world. There's a lot of good to this cigar, and this V-cut kind of intensifying the draw is working for me. And clearly, though, if this is your third stick, $18 for this stick, you're okay with that. I'm okay with that. 
because I don't have to pay for the greens fees. Well, there's that. Do you, that, see, yes. do you see how this works? But, but I'm asking you if it's in your humidor. Yeah. 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 It, not a box, though. I will admit, not a box is in my humidor, but a couple sticks are, are in my humidor. Absolutely. Because there is a, an interesting spice thing that will build on this, and we'll, we'll go through that as we go on, that I'm not so sure in that final third is my perfect flavor profile. Mm. But you you will not go wrong in saying this is my experiment for the week. Uh, the Avo uh, Spring 2023 Seasons uh, Diademus 6 and 5 eighths inch by 50 ring gauge. Check it out. Baseball is back, ladies and gentlemen. And as you know, Fingers Malloy is the baseball fan of all baseball fans. If it's not for the Detroit Tigers... If it's not a discussion of the Detroit Tigers, how great the Detroit Tigers are, the 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 everything Detroit, he he he's not talking about it. So true. I mean, you, you think of uh, the Detroit Tigers and their current lineup. You got Lou Whitaker, uh, Alan Trammell, Lance Parrish, Chet Lemon, Chet Lemon, uh, and Chet Lemon. What, was any of that true, by the way? In 1984, yes. Ah, in 1984. <laughs> Uh, it, the the season has opened. It was the first time in, oh, was it forty some odd years that all the teams played on on opening day? For I, I don't know why that isn't the case all the time, but I guess they staggered it or whatever reason that they had them all uh, doing it this year. But they came up with a list. Well, it the, could also be that there was a rainout, some sort of postponement. Like uh, when they open up in Detroit, a lot of times, uh, if they do open up in Detroit, you may have a snow out. So. Maybe that's one of the reasons, too. And apparently weather was excellent all over the country where nothing was postponed. What do you know? What do you know? I have a list for you, Fingers oh, I love lists. I know. Hey, I love a list. It is the 15 best ballpark foods to celebrate Major League Baseball opening day. Now, I have actually purchased tickets to my first baseball game in maybe 20 years. Oh. Uh, being here in Indianapolis, we don't have a team here. We have a minor league team here called the Indianapolis Indians and a place called Victory Field which is really a fantastic spot to see a game. Beautiful field, beautiful minor league park. Uh, year after year voted the best or amongst the best. But the people here are either Reds fans for Cincinnati, Cubs fans for, for Chicago, sometimes White Sox fans, and then Cardinals fans because St. Louis isn't too far. I'm heading out to Cincinnati, Great American Ballpark, to see uh, the uh, Reds play, I believe it's the Seattle Mariners, over the Labor Day weekend. So got my tickets. I got my parking pass, and all I had to do was mortgage my kid's house. <laughs> really? So first they have to buy a house, and then I have to add a mortgage to it. I'm really surprised that that's the case because you, you, you see that with football tickets, NFL tickets. I thought baseball tickets were still somewhat affordable, but everything is crazy expensive nowadays. Fingers, how long have you known me? Several, several, several decades. Do, do, you, do you think I just bought any old tickets? Oh, there's that. Right. Are you behind home plate? I'm actually batting third. <laughs> That's that. I bought the real good tickets. <laughs> I bought the real good tickets right there. I bought the Pete Rose will bet with you tickets. That's that's right. Does it include the haircut? <laughs> I, I am. God, I hope not. I, I love myself too much. I am down the third base line. Oh, okay. So I, I think we're right behind third base. Nice. Is, is, is where we, we will be. It'll be uh, my oldest first baseball game ever. Very, very cool. So officially doing that that kind of dad And that's thing. a nice park, too. Yeah, I hear it's gorgeous. I hear it's fantastic. And so go. We'll, we'll get some 
We'll get some uh, chili on spaghetti. Right, right. The, the skyline chili, mm-hmm. as as is known to do, and then and then maybe maybe a steak at Jeff Ruby's if you've ever been to Cincinnati, uh, a classic, and a Cincinnati Jeff. Oh, Jeff Ruby's. Oh, I thought oh. you said. I thought you, I thought you said Jack Ruby's. No, no, completely different place. Uh, Jack Ruby's place will blow you away, though. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what I did. It's history, folks. You might want to get yourself a search engine. Maybe ask Jeeves. <laughs> there it is. I stole your line, fingers. <laughs> That's okay. I stole your line, and then uh, a little ice cream at Grater's. Because uh, Grater's uh, does French pot ice cream. It's just a different style. How you're, do I know these making, things? You're just making things up. <laughs> no, no, no. Detroit-style pizza is made up. <laughs> French pot ice cream is real. See how I did that? But are you going to get any candy cloud waffle cones while you're at Great American Park? I don't, is, that, is that what they have? Is that one of the That's fine foods? That's number four on the list. No, I'm I'm not. It's a waffle cone, cotton candy, sauce, and ice cream, and sprinkles all mixed together, and that sounds terrible. The key there is the sprinkles. I believe the key there is the diabetes. <laughs> no, if I'm at a ballpark, I- I've got two words for you: hot dog. Mm. That's a baseball game, a hot dog. And how is it topped, Tony? Um, with with ketchup. Oh, good lord. And and with sprinkles, I believe. <laughs> Based on your mathematic, you really can't handle ketchup on a hot dog. I can if you're eight. Then I completely understand it. A properly topped hot dog is uh, mustard and onion. Everybody knows it. The Latvians know it. We're bringing the Latvians the, into this? The Egyptian, the Egyptians knew it, and now what, you know it. What about relish? Can I just use relish? If you're, if you've got a Chicago dog. I, do, I love relish, by the way. Do you put, oh. I, I had a friend who put relish on a burger. Yes, so good. No kidding. Because pickles on a burger, it's just the same, it's the same mathematics. Yeah, but relish is pickle soup. It's pickle stew. Cold. Well, do you put re- relish in tuna fish? Like no. when you're making tuna salad? No. That sounds too healthy. I, I used to be opposed to it. I've just given in. It works. Huh. It works. It's true. But the list here... Like they they've like at a, at a, where the Atlanta Braves play, which is Truist Park, and we are heard in, in Atlanta. Um, it is the chicken and waffle boat. Everything is better in a boat. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, everything is better in a boat. So it's a powdered waffle. Waffle it, it, it is is that yes? It's a powdered waffle. Uh, savory fried chicken. Um. And uh, it's boneless. So, yes, it can still be fried chicken. And a hot mango habanero sauce. Oh, that sounds great. Hot mango habanero sauce. And you can get with chopped pecans. 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 Roof. Uh, Pecans and honey. Uh, I don't know about that. Do Do you want pecans and chicken? Is that a thing? Oh yeah. Oh, that's good. That's totally fine. That's so, by the way, in Atlanta, we're heard on WFOM. I could not remember uh, right there off the quick, so I apologize. WFOM in Atlanta. Greatly appreciate them. Appreciate them like you wouldn't believe. So that's Atlanta. Now the the one of the ones I thought was proper was Fenway Park. Um, a Fenway Frank. You just get yourself a hot dog. Yeah. The way nature intended. I don't need. I don't need the fancy. Uh, stuff like the Chicago White Sox, uh, it's smothered fries. No, I'm not going to Chicago for poutine. Smothered in what? Well, you can get the buffalo chicken fries, the chili cheese fries, the Parmesan fries, the Greek fries, the Irish fries, 
and a sweet potato fries dish covered in Nutella, chocolate, nuts, and whipped cream. Now, I'll eat it. <laughs> I just don't think it goes to with, 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 a, with a baseball game. It's like at Dodger Stadium. They are talking about how you can get basically some Mexican street corn, which is delicious. By the way, the elote, absolutely delicious. But if you're at Dodger Stadium, you're getting a Dodger dog. Yes. That's what you're doing. But the corn, is it, is it still on the cob? Or do they? Uh, or do sometimes they sh- yes, sometimes no. You guys say the shucking is the removing yes. of the of the husk. I, that's why I stopped that's, myself. That's, <laughs> it's not the, the I, corn. I, I I jump to shuck because it's fun to say. Um, I I mean, like for example, in for the Phillies, Citizens Bank Park, it's a cheesesteak. Okay, I get it, but still, the answer is hot dog. I don't want to eat a whole meal at the ballpark. I want something that'll tide me over: a hot dog, a, a big Philly cheesesteak. I don't want to eat dinner at the ballpark because it'll cost me $75 for a sandwich. But not where the Seattle Mariners play where you can get toasted grasshoppers. Toasted grasshoppers. Actual grasshoppers sourced out of the Oaxaca region of Mexico served with a chili lime salt. Get a hot dog. I am not a guy for cliches, Fingers Malloy. Never been a fan of the cliche. Never been a fan of... Of some of these expressions or or, or sayings like uh, uh, you know uh, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. I don't get that. I don't. Uh, are you not happy it's Tuesday? I don't understand. I've never understood, and it just goes along with the entire recognition that I am not a bro. You're telling me we aren't broing out right now? Well, you and I have known each other long enough that you have come to accept my lack of broitude. I don't know what you're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, just last weekend, Tony came over to my house. We were in my garage working on the engine on my Mustang. Right. Right. Some people have low T. I have low bro. <laughs> I've, been, I've been seeing a specialist about it. I just have no ability to bro out, and I have no capacity for small talk. Every conversation I have is so absolutely monumental. He He's not lying. <laughs> I can actually see the look on his face and tell when he's tuned out. So, and I know it's time to move on. He, he doesn't care about my Mustang uh, engine at all. You don't even have a Mustang. Oh, that's neither here nor there. There's a story from Newsweek, and the headline was, Gen Z and boomers don't agree with millennials on work-wife excuse. And I'm like, let me... Let me uh, read into this. It was a poll conducted in March. 1,500 U.S. adults were asked about a workplace relationship and work spouses. So uh, the the term work spouse is a phrase referring to a co-worker with whom someone shares a special relationship that can include a bond similar to a marriage. Of the adults surveyed, 21% said they think it's okay to have a work spouse 45% 45% said it was not uh, appropriate. Gen Z, they thought it was acceptable. Boomers thought it was acceptable. Millennials did not. 57% of adults aged 25 to 34 said it would not be acceptable to have a work spouse. Now, fingers, allow me for a moment. If you're somebody who uses the term work spouse or work wife or work husband... In my head, I've said things about you 
that are just rude. So, Deserved, but I keep it in my head. You've never said that I'm your work spouse? I never once. That's never happened? A day in my damn life. What a ridiculous nonsense statement. And so we're clear, people I work closely with are nothing like my wife because I don't know if I would kill for those people. <laughs> oh, I'm wow. sorry. He's got dark in a hurry. I, I take marriage seriously. <laughs> work spouse, work wife. It's so silly. You and I, I honestly think you look like a child when you say it. It's and I know it's me because I don't know how to bro. It's a pet peeve. No, I get it. There are certain things that people say that I just don't understand. It's like when a couple says we're pregnant. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, that is awful. I mean, uh, you look at a wife eight and a half months pregnant, and she's dealing with everything she's dealing with, uh, the, sw- the swollen ankles, the carrying around all the extra weights, the headaches, everything that goes with it. The guy's not pregnant at that point, right? I, I just, to me, that annoys me. The the work spouse thing also annoys me because that also sets you up, doesn't it, for if, if, if you have a work spouse the people around you, they're going to think something's going on. Don't you think? I, I guess. I guess you would go down that road. I guess that's it. I think my problem is is that it, the people I work with, and, and also, you know, I don't, I don't go into an office every day. I, I work from home. Uh, when I did go into the office every day, it, it was, if, if I said more than hello, that was something else. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not rude. But I'm not sitting there chit-chatting, small-talking, getting to know all the intimates. There's nothing wrong with that because, let's face it, 95% of small talk is just awful. It's It's terrible. My goodness. The best thing that has happened in grocery stores in the last 10 years is a self-checkout. You don't even want to say hello. You know, I, I don't need someone to say hot enough for you. You know, I don't need to talk about the weather. I just, I, I, part of my soul actually gets sucked out of my body when I engage in that kind of conversation. Big weekend plans? <laughs> oh, good Lord. My, uh, I, I have a new producer for, for my morning radio show in Indianapolis on WIBC. And like three mornings in a row when he first started, he's like, uh, uh, you know, how was your weekend? How was your day yesterday? And I'm like, dude, man. I like you. You don't need to ask. We're cool. We're good. We're good. We're good. Let's focus on the show, right? I'm not mad at the guy. It's just not how I do, not how I engage. And I get the fact that people see it as this, as this standoffish, you know, jerky kind of thing. It's just, I don't, I don't want to share with everybody, you know, what, how my weekend was. I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be able... It's the people who share every part of their lives on social media. I don't want to share every part of my life. I share enough, don't I? So do you think there are... We've we've already gone into the conversation about work spouses. Are there social media spouses? Oh, what now? A social media spouse. Where it seems like one person on social media has a connection with someone else on social media. But it's, it's platonic. But uh, it's a social media spouse. I mean, that's next, right? It just feels like everything gets rebranded, and it's like, oh, this is brand new. When it, 
it, a lot but of this stuff really isn't. My argument is is that I find the concept of the statement ridiculous. Your concept is that there's something unhealthy about the work spouse. It's just weird, isn't it? Isn't it just strange? Here's the other thing about when it comes to stuff like that is too often, and I noticed this, and this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with a male-female work spouse kind of thing. You can't get together with people outside of work and have a life outside of work with a lot of people because what do they want to talk about the entire time you're at a social event? Butterflies. Exactly. Talk about work. Nothing about that is healthy. You got to get no. away from work. You got to get away from it. You absolutely have to get away from it. I, do we consider it wrong that we have the separation? Like I do. I engage the separation. And I never question whether or not my wife is my wife and someone I work with is someone I work with. Like it, it, that's, that has never crossed my mind. But people do. People do marriage differently than, than than me, and and maybe maybe you in this case, fingers. People do relationships, and they do this interconnectivity different. I want to be connected to people tremendously, but I don't want to fake it. I don't want to force it. Let it naturally develop over time. Let it naturally come to a conversation. I try to avoid all conversation. Is that right? Yeah. No, honestly. Thank God I, you're in radio. <laughs> At, at at my workplace, I walk to where I need to be with my head down, and I walk out to my car with my head down. And really? I, I, yeah, I do what I can to avoid conversation. You don't and say hello. You don't say good morning. You don't say good evening. Well, you know? and, I, and you're right. I, it's I'm, I'm on radio, so it's it's kind of weird. But I'm I'm an introvert in a lot of ways, and I don't enjoy those type of conversations. Would you consider me an introvert? Yes. You would? Yes. Because I think I think for everything I do, that's actually true. Like I, I because the conversations I want to have, admittedly, are deep, detailed. It, you know, yeah, and you're thorough. not gonna, and you're not going to get that out of a stranger for the most part, right? I, sometimes you'll hit it off with someone, but I, you have to get through the small talk to get to those conversations, and uh, I don't think you dig that. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to talk about the weather. Right. That much is true. I do want to talk about this Avo season, spring twenty twenty three, Diadema. About the halfway through the second and third. It's a solid smoke. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon: The Bourbon Reader You've Always Needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Pick up a copy today. You know, maybe if I was more of a more of a bro, I'd be totally into the Masters right now. But it, it, it's taken the nation. People have stopped working so they can enjoy Masters coverage, golf in Augusta, Georgia, and just sit back and watch and be like, I'm never going to be that good, but I can drink like I'm that good. And if you're gonna drink like you're watch you're like you're at the Masters, even though you're watching the Masters, well, you gotta drink right. It's eat drink smoke. I'm Tony Katz, and that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And you know, there are drinks available at, at the Masters, and then there are unofficial drinks, and Fingers Malloy 
found one of the unofficial drinks of the Masters. We've talked about this for the Kentucky Derby, and you use your Woodford Reserve and you make the Spire. This is the Azalea. Fingers away, how in the world did you come upon this Masters Tournament drink especiale? Well, the Masters has certain traditions. Uh, Jim Nance says the Masters is a tradition like no other. Is that right? That's what he says. He does not lie. Uh, and so uh, there's the, the, the cheese pimento sandwich uh, that you can get. I believe it's off of one of the par threes. It's like a $3 sandwich. Right. Uh, the unofficial drink of the Masters is the Azalea. Uh, so if you are a fan of the Masters you and you really dig deep, you find these things out. So the Azalea, Tony, it's uh, two ounces of good vodka or gin. Right. If you're more of a gin drinker, uh, two ounces of pineapple juice, one ounce of lemon juice, not lemonade, lemon juice, and then a spoonful of grenadine. Uh, we're here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis. Their version of the azalea, they don't use grenadine. They put a splash of cranberry juice in it, and that's what gives it its uh, little pinkish Yeah, it looks like color. a pink lemonade when it's all yes. said and done. It's frothy on top. You shake it. They garnish it with an orange peel. Um, first, you would think this is a very summer drink. I mean, Augusta in April isn't necessarily the hottest thing in the world, but that is a full-on summer kind of drink. And if it had lemonade, you could drink like 12 of them and not even notice. Yeah, and what I want you to do right now, I know you can't drink it. It's Passover. And so uh, I, I am bound by certain religious rules. But you can uh, you can say smell it. let's say no. You can smell it. But, can you you know, by the way, everything in here is kosher for Passover. Oh, like, there's nothing in here that that isn't uh, in in that way. But I'm just I'm just avoiding. It smells ah. absolutely wonderful. Oh yeah, it smells like a. It smells like a uh, a Sizzler fruit uh, <laughs> bar. Wow, actually, it smells it smells great. Very now, very uplifting. Now it's funny. Uh, I mentioned previously that I went down this Masters rabbit hole and I was watching the 1975 Masters and people are smoking cigars on the course. People are smoking c- caddies were smoking cigarettes. While Whoa, you can't smoke a cigar at the Masters? Uh, I, I, I got to tell you, I have not seen anyone smoking on the golf course. Uh, but back then, you would see these big plumes of cigar smoke from spectators I don't know how much uh, I don't know how well this is going to pair with a cigar, uh, pineapple juice and lemon juice, uh, but I have to believe back in the day when there were more people smoking cigars on uh, Augusta National during the Masters, they would have one of these azaleas with a cigar. So it's vodka, it's pineapple juice, it's lemon juice, not lemonade, and the uh, Blend Bar cigar where we record their twist instead of grenadine, uh, they use cranberry juice. Fingers Malloy, you ready for this refreshing drink? Drink, Tony, I've been ready for this all day. Yeah, if I could only say refreshing drink. He's downing it. He's taking it all, every last bit of it, a little bit of the frothy top. It's just a perfect summertime drink, right? It is, and vodka is one of those uh, liquors that just plays so well when you make a cocktail for spring, summer, right? It All the juices, it plays well with them. The pineapple juice. Uh, the is 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 there the lemon juice really takes a bite out of the sweetness of that pineapple juice um, it 
to me, like you said, this is the kind of cocktail I would like to have uh, on a boat. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it needs an umbrella uh, in the drink. Uh, again, uh, I don't know if you're thinking to yourself, uh, geez, what are some of the great pairings with a cigar? I don't know if you would say, oh, the azalea. But, man, this is such a good summer drink. Yeah, I cannot imagine pairing pineapple juice with any cigar. I mean, that is that is one of the problems of pineapple juice. Like grapefruit juice, it really does so dominate the, 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 the palate. It takes away, and we're smoking uh, from Avo, the the seasons edition. It comes out once uh, every season. This is spring 2023 with that Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper, Dominican in the binder and filler. And that has had a lot of cedar notes, a lot of wood notes, and a lot of, uh, of spice notes to it that you're getting from that Corojo wrapper. Smoking beautifully is this uh, c- <laughs> cigar right here, which is what, six and five-eighths by 50? Yes. I, I believe it is. Uh, six and five-eighths inches long, 50 is the ring gauge. Uh, but with pineapple, like you just took a, p- a puff of the cigar. Did you get anything? Uh, what I got was the pepper is back a little bit, a little bit of the wood. The leather's gone. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention about this drink is because of the, the play between the lemon juice and the pineapple juice, you could get into a lot of trouble with this because you don't taste the vodka at all. At all. Being done with cranberry and not grenadine so it's a little you know tart heavy as opposed to sweet i think that the cranberry juice is just there they just put enough in for color i'm not tasting any of the cranberry juice i would assume that if it was grenadine in the classic style you would have a a more base sweet hit Mm -hmm. right because even grenadine would do an interesting cut to the pineapple juice and that's what the lemon juice is is doing as well so be a little bit different drink but it, it it is a beautiful look it's very attractive. It is a nice play. It's a nice takeoff. We don't do enough mixed drinks on the show, right? Yeah. We spend our time with bourbons and with rye, with with American whiskeys uh, and everything else. Same same thing is true about uh, tequila. We don't do enough tequilas. We don't do enough rums. My point to you, fingers, is we should expand the show to seventeen days a week. Okay. You, you want me to drink more cocktails, Tony? Yes. I'll figure out a I way to make that. I want you to spend that. more time every day smoking cigars and drinking. I'll figure out a way to make that happen. And I do it not for myself, Tony. I do it for Eat, Drink, Smoke you Nation. You are a world-class American. The Azalea. Why is it the unofficial drink of the Masters? What is the official drink of the Masters? The official drink of the Masters? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I don't even know if they have one. Usually disappointment. In the the players who do not win the Masters, wow! The, heavy the right tears there. of many PGA players over the years who thought they were going to win the Masters and they ended up not winning the Masters. Do you have a bet on on this year's Masters? Who's going to uh, take it all? I, is 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 this the year of the of the return of Tiger? No. Or will there be I, a, a lot of Rory in in this one? Unfortunately, I think Tiger's days may be over ever since uh, the accident. If, if you see him. Uh, it is really tough for him to walk around the course. Uh, so, unfortunately, I think it may be uh, we'll have to wait for the senior tour before we start seeing him win again. He'll do the because he won't do the cart at Masters. He refuses right. to do it. I'll respect that. 
Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is Fingers Malloy. Fingers is all into the Masters going on this weekend. He's drinking the unofficial drink of the Masters, the Azalea. That is vodka, pineapple juice, lemon juice. And the way they do it here at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, Indiana, where we record, is a splash of cranberry. The traditional would have a splash of of grenadine and that is lemon juice not lemonade and fingers that is a summertime drink and you are just about done with it yeah loving every bit of it i could get into a lot of trouble with this because the pineapple juice uh and the lemon juice really cancel out any of the vodka taste at all you wouldn't even know you would think that this was a a non-alcoholic drink The, the lemon and the pineapple mask the fact that I'm going to have to drive him home. <laughs> I believe that's it. We've got this paired with the Avo Seasons. They come out with one in the spring, the summer, the fall, and the winter for 2023. This is the spring 2023 edition with that Ecuadorian Corojo wrapper, which really does amplify. The spice amplifies uh, the cedar, that wood note. It really is a nice smoking cigar. It really is a nice flavored cigar. I did it with a V-cut because this is a diademus, which means the foot where you light it comes to a point and the cap where you cut it comes to a point. So I did the V-cut to kind of get in there and more intensify the draw fingers. You did it as a straight cut. How is it smoking for you? It's been wonderful. It's been a nice even burn. Really haven't had to touch it up all that much. Uh, With this drink, uh, it has kind of uh, messed with my palate the pineapple juice and the and the lemon juice uh before i had uh this drink uh the azalea you know you got those wood notes uh leather and that pepper now it's just pepper and no complaints it's 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 been an enjoyable experience uh it's just uh it's not playing well with this drink also uh we found out from Corey johnston the owner of blend bar cigar at the masters cigars are allowed we believe marijuana is not, but cigars are indeed allowed. So it's nice to know uh, freedom reigns in Augusta. Yeah, it makes sense because Augusta National is a private club. So I'm assuming that they are able to skirt some of the rules that other uh, places may not. But, you know, it's a it's a golf course. So the only thing that would mess with it, I, I would think, is spectators. And apparently it doesn't. You're allowed to smoke cigars. And if anybody belongs to Augusta National and would like to invite myself and Fingers uh, to play, I, I, I will play the course because y- you have to. We will bring the cigars. We will bring all of the cigars. We're more than happy to do it. That's our deal. Just invite us down. I, that would be a dream come true. I mean, honestly, all the years of watching the Masters to be able to play at Augusta National, I mean, it would just it'd be unreal. Uh, we'd be playing from the white tees, though. Oh, dude. I'll, I, <laughs> We're not playing from the tips. I'm not trying to compete with, <laughs> with, 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 with these guys. If 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 it you know if it's a par four and I do it in a par twenty three, <laughs> look at me. Uh, you're you're not allowed to wear a full suit though. When you're oh when I you're would playing. I would be in proper <laughs> golf attire. I would do it right. This I, I would never, ever, ever be a guy who who uh, violates the rules when I fly home. Full suit. Yeah, I hear you. I wonder what the looks on people's faces at Augusta National would be when they see me rolling up with a mohawk. They will say, um, he, uh, he, he must know somebody. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's exactly what they would say, Fingers. <laughs> it's time, young man, for News of the Week. Twitter has labeled National Public Radio a state 
affiliated media on the social media site, a move some worry could undermine public confidence in the news organization. Hasn't the White House already like come back on Twitter like, what are you doing uh, <laughs> with this? Um, NPR is National Public uh, Radio. And NPR is funded by the federal government. And if, if you were somebody who engages these things politically, um, uh, NBR is certainly more to the political left. We, we, we know this to be true. That, that's, that's not a, a debatable subject. We're not saying anything right or wrong about these things, although there's this unique argument about whether or not the government should fund these things. For example, the Corp Corporation for Public Broadcasting. What is that? That's Sesame Street. They get government funding to for the for the shows, but the profits are all theirs. So all the marketing and merchandising of Sesame Street belongs uh, to, to them, I think. It's like Children's Television Workshop, whatever it is. But they get their funding from the federal government. People are like, wait a second. That's kind of messed up. The White House is... Um, bothered by this. It was Corinne Jean-Pierre, who's the White House press secretary, saying, quote, there is no doubt of the independence of NPR, and this shouldn't happen. Um, Elon Musk is has made a decision that punching people in the face is appropriate. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, punching people in the face is fine. And for a lot of people politically, he did something that they believed anyway. Yeah. That, of course, it's it's state-funded. Well, first of all, we all know that Twitter isn't real. Twitter well, life Twitter's isn't. not real life. Twitter is real. <laughs> it's just yeah, not real just, life. Yeah, Twitter's not real. Uh, but the, the other thing is, how many people are really going to notice this? I mean, if it weren't reported in the media, you would barely notice on their Twitter. First of all, who clicks on NPR's Twitter profile and reads it? Most of the time when you're on Twitter, you see NPR tweets something out. You click on the link the link if you're interested in what NPR's take is on a particular story. You're not looking at their Twitter bio and noticing, oh, Twitter changed it. What is this? So your argument is this is for the hardcores. This is for the junkies. And the truth is America doesn't give a good holy damn. Oh, look at that. I just, I just did uh, fingers translation services <laughs> right there. Maybe... Maybe, but there's a there's a story in here, which is about the restlessness right now. That there are people willing to get very very vocal and say this isn't right. This is who you really are. There's there's this this desire to push declaration because what they've seen is a valueless proposition. If someone, it, it, and, and they have at least an argument, here's an organization that gets federal dollars, your tax dollars, and then they go about engaging in programming that clearly has a bent. So is that appropriate? Is that something that we should just sit idly by? And what Elon Musk is saying is, is no. And so that's why he's, he's making note of it. And there are a lot of people who, if asked that question, would be like, well, yeah, there is an issue there. My issue with NPR is would it survive if it were just relying on the free market? I would want it to. 
but I also want it to. Remember, this is, a, this is kind of an odd conversation for us because <laughs> we're both in radio. And remember, Eat, Drink, Smoke, and you might be listening to the podcast. You get that at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. We're on over 60 radio stations across the country. We're in this weird, weird spot. We're not just a, a, a podcast. And that's not trying to disparage podcasts because we could be just a podcast. And that's not trying to disparage radio. We are trying very hard to bridge both worlds. And it's not the easiest thing to, to accomplish. Nor do we want to attack the industry that feeds us. Right? That, that That's a pretty bad thing to do as well. All of that said... You should be able to survive because you have built the business, not because you expect others to allow your survival. That's where the issue is. So I would, I would like for them to be able to survive as a private entity, but I would agree that they should be a private entity. They, they shouldn't get federal funding because it's clear that Eat, Drink, Smoke should get federal funding in that case. Absolutely. Then. I mean, and we I, would have a smaller budget. I have argued for years, you know, the Fingers Molay Institute for Institutes has been looking for government grants for a long time. Uh, so why not eat, drink, smoke? Listen, I used to briefly work for a, a PBS station. And I, I didn't work for them, but I was a, a broadcasting student my freshman year of college. And I was one of the guys that would uh, work the camera during a PBS telethon. And uh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Those were the days. That was back when uh, it was not HDTV, Tony. And you didn't get paid well? I was a student. I got paid nothing. Okay, now I definitely don't want that funding. Springtime means many things. The flowers are blooming. Birds are flying through the air. They're chirping. They're singing, fingers. And it also means it's wedding season. And a lot of times when you go to a wedding, you'll see families get together, adults and children, and they have a great time celebrating uh, the, the relationship that becomes a marriage. But then you have some couples that say, you know what? Uh, no kids allowed. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy. He's Tony Katz. Find everything Eat, Drink, Smoke on our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Tony, yes. so uh, as you know, covering uh, news that we do a lot of times newspapers they will go to social media to find stories that is ab that's why newspapers didn't go away completely they didn't get destroyed by social media they figured out how to utilize social media to fill column inches yeah they'll go to uh, Twitter or TikTok or MySpace uh, to see a story and the controversy and the and the comments uh, regarding uh, difficult issues of the day. Well, uh, over at the New York Post, they found a Reddit post, Tony. Uh, there's a family conflict over who should be and who should not be able to attend a wedding. Uh, this couple, 28-year-old bride, 30-year-old groom, they're getting ready to, to have their wedding, uh, but uh, their sister-in-law, the sister-in-law has... A newborn baby. Oh, Mazel tov. The couple wants it to be an adults-only wedding, and the sister-in-law is bent out of shape because she wants to show up with her newborn. So my question to you, Tony, is this. Are adults-only weddings okay? And is it okay to have such a close family member uh, be told that their infant needs to stay home? So uh, uh, allow, allow me. Uh, I am somebody who did this. Oh, no children were allowed at the wedding. And we had some family members who were bothered by this. We didn't mind kids at the reception, but not at the wedding. 
And so we had one who didn't have their, their kid at the wedding, brought their kid to the reception. The other didn't bring their kids and was very, very bothered. And I reminded them that it was my wedding and my wife's wedding, and you didn't have to come at all. We set the rules. It belongs to us. It's our wedding, not yours. Ours. We chose the venue. We chose the menu. We paid for the thing. We didn't tell you. We, we certainly had a registry, but we didn't tell you you had to get us something from the registry. Your, your being invited was the showing that we cared, but we had rules. We're entitled to the rules, and we don't care if you like the rules, but I have a solution for this situation. Hello. I say, well, first of all, oh, my gosh. That is the answer. Weddings are stupid. <laughs> Weddings are so dumb. Weddings are such a remarkable waste of money. As I've said to my wife many times, I don't regret getting married for a second. I regret the wedding all the time. You're just blowing apart our whole eat, drink, smoke, wedding package business model. Oh, no, no, no. Some people are still going to do it, and you should totally hire us. Hire us to provide the cigars and the and the bourbon picks for your wedding. We're totally prepared to do it. Money well spent. <laughs> that is a marriage guaranteed to last at least six to eight years. Guaranteed at wow. least, at a minimum, six to eight years. I believe that if this sister-in-law wants to bring her newborn, she should be allowed to, but only if the bride-to-be gets to name the newborn. <laughs> I, that is that is my Solomon-esque solution. But no, you're the one getting married. You set all the rules, and people don't like it. They don't have to come. It's your day. You're the, you're the couple that's getting married. It's supposed to be all about you and not about the sister-in-law's kid. If you decide that you want to have an adults-only wedding, people should respect that. I understand being upset because maybe you can't afford to have a babysitter. Maybe you're not in a position where that... Uh, infant can be away from parents very long. I understand that, but at the end of the day, it's the, the couple's decision, and people should respect it. It's funny you just mentioned naming the baby. Right. I don't have the story in front of me, uh, but I remember it. Uh, it was another one of these, oh, TikTok was a buzz when so-and-so did this. So a guy got on, on TikTok, did a video saying that uh, his wife wants to name their newborn son Charles. And he had a real problem with that because their last name is Manson. <gasps> Charles, this is uh, her brother's name, wanted to name it after her brother, but their last name is Manson, so the child's name would be Charles Manson. Instant divorce. <laughs> that, that as a... As a um as somebody with the name Manson, you don't see the problem. You don't see that issue. That's that's insane. That is insane. You can still love your brother where they've passed, wherever the case may be, and realize this is not a good idea. This is setting the kid up for disaster. What happens in people's heads as they go through this thing? That's crazy town. There are certain last names that cannot be coupled with first names ever again for newborn children. If your last name's Bundy, Al. I was going to go with Ted, but yeah. Al popped into my head because of married with children. But you can't name your kid Ted Bundy. Nope. 
You, you just can't. You can't name your kid Charles. Charles Manson has some real lasting power. I mean, that is part of our culture and will be for a long time. If your last decades. name is Sirhan, you can't let, name your kid Sirhan. <laughs> I see what you did there. See what you did there. I try my best. I try my best with the historical references. You got. I, I am. I am floored by the total lack of awareness. I'm floored by the the inability to recognize. Don't you know that you're setting your kid up? Don't. Isn't that proving that you love yourself more than you love your kid? Go back to this woman who had the kid and wants to show up at the wedding. If you can't afford the babysitter, you had a kid. Maybe your focus should be, you know what? Have a great wedding. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go raise my baby now. Send me some photos. Hope you have a good time. Yeah. I'll tell you who's not having a good time. People who are rage applying. Have you heard of rage applying, Tony? Now you're just making up words. So uh, the, the, the headline over at foxnews.com, forget quiet quitting. Now there's rage applying. Here's the latest workplace trend and why it matters so much. When you get upset at work and one day you decide you're just going to apply for 50 jobs. <laughs> you're, you want to leave and you, have, you don't have a plan. <laughs> and so you just start sending out your resume everywhere and applying for jobs all over the country. Uh, there's a term for it now. I used to think it was called, uh, I want to leave my job. Now it's called rage applying. And uh, basically what they're saying is, and this is really should be a, a lesson for all of us in life. Don't be governed by your emotions. Never be governed by your emotions. Control yourself. I, I've learned this the hard way. I'm only trying to help people who are having this issue. Control yourself. Rage applying. I... But you see, the, the, the issue there is that one totally makes sense. <laughs> Screw these people. Ever I'm getting that? out of here. Ever done I, that? I've never done that because I've usually worked for myself. So I, I've never actually, actually done it. But I totally get it. I've quit a job. <laughs> I've rage quit a job before, uh, you know, back when I was in my early 20s. And it, it really didn't matter all that much. When you're at that age and you work in retail, you could pick up another job pretty quickly. I just I found out that they were raising they made a big deal about raising uh, my pay ten cents an hour, and they were really patting themselves on the back. I'd been there for three years. I was like, yeah, thank you, I appreciate that. Here's my two weeks' notice. I'm out of here because I was expecting like a dollar an hour raise because I was so selling. That's not rage quitting. I was I was selling patio furniture like crazy, Tony. Is that right? Yeah, you, was, you're the king of wicker. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about that resin? Perma wicker, Tony, is work wicker that has. It's reinforced with. Oh, I don't even want to get into it. We're we're almost out of time. We got to talk about the cigar. And I, I swear to you, if we don't do a whole show about perma wicker, what's the point? The Avo season, spring twenty twenty three, Dia Damas, worth the smoke, even at eighteen dollars a stick. Really worth the smoke. And the Azalea, the official unofficial drink of the Masters Golf Tournament. Yeah. Fingers loves it. Find everything EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at GoEatDrinkSmoke, on Facebook, Facebook.com slash EatDrinkSmoke, and Instagram, at EatDrinkSmokePodcast.